the fact. Fun fact. A 6th century Byzantine military manual spells out a brilliant method of identifying a spy in your ranks. Okay. Okay. So I thought you would enjoy this. Yeah. I did, this is for you because you are the maker of a game about discovering spies. Yes. It's called Two Spies. Yeah. It's a key game it's called mechanic. Two spies. Is, yeah. is actually the primary game mechanic, finding the other spy. Is, you're trying to find spies. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like if I was going to share a fact about spy discovery with someone, you're, you know, you're like a, you're like an expert. Yeah. And I also, I mean, <laughs> I think that's probably overstating the amount of background research we did, although we did some, but that's probably <laughs> overstating it. But I also, I would say that spies and spying and the, the game uh, of trying to root out spies and fly under the radar of detection uh, is kind of inherently interesting, I would say. Yeah, well, it's certainly to you. I, mean, I think it might be interesting to everyone, but it's definitely interesting to you. Yeah. So, so you right. are a spy enthusiast. And like for the record, I'm aware. Before people write in, I'm aware that the spy people who have been spies, when they write their memoirs and stuff, they have a tendency to say, "Yeah, actually, being a spy is way more boring than you think." Because like 99 percent <laughs> of the time, you're just waiting around or trying to appear boring and not stick yeah. out in any way. But that's not when I say being a spy is inherently interesting. I mean like this stuff what you're talking about, like that trying to root out. Yeah, the the meta narrative of spying, not actually being a spy, but like learning about spies. So there's a Byzantine manual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this comes from a book called the Strategicon, which is a cool name for a book to start with. Yeah, I mean, that's got to be a good book. Yeah, the Strategicon of Maurice. Okay. Which is kind of takes a turn there. It's a... (laughs) Nothing against Maurice (laughs) out in the audience there. (laughs) It's a manual for war that was either written by or commissioned by the Byzantine Emperor Maurice, who I don't think was called Maurice by people who knew him, Mm. who ruled from, we're talking about like 582 to 602. Okay. I have a random aside here because, of course, I do. Uh, we, I just want to mention that what I don't know if you know this, but what we call the Byzantine Empire. Are you familiar with the Byzantine Empire? I mean, it's familiar. Yeah, I'm familiar. I wouldn't. I'm not an expert. Not like I am a spy yeah, expert. Well, so, so we call it the Byzantine Empire, but it's actually the Eastern Roman Empire. Oh, okay. Yeah, people don't really know this, and I think they should because it's. I think it's way interesting. So the Roman Empire was at various times split between multiple emperors. Mm. There wasn't always just one emperor. Uh, like there were at one point there was four emperors, like two senior emperors and two junior emperors. And sometimes there were two. There was just like it wasn't always the same. And eventually there was sort of a consistent east west split mm-hmm. with the Western Empire mostly being headquartered in Rome with a few trips to some other Italian cities due to reasons, goths <laughs> and things. And the Eastern Empire was centered on what was then called Constantinople mm-hmm. and is now called Istanbul. And as many people know, the Roman, the Western Roman Empire fell in the year 476, but the Eastern Empire continued for another thousand years. So it it won the race or it won the... For sure. And they referred to themselves the entire time as Romans and that they were the Roman Empire. Even though they didn't have control of Rome for hundreds of years. They lost Rome for most of that time, Mm -hmm. but they were still, it was just like, well, that was part of the empire, but we don't have that anymore, but we're still the empire. So the and the, the Byzantine Empire didn't call itself the Byzantine Empire. They not at all. It called itself the, the Roman, Roman empire. empire. And especially once the other Roman Empire fell, they were like, okay, yeah, obviously, no, we're, we're, we're the just legit the Roman, Roman empire. empire. Yeah. The reason they're called Byzantine today is because the original name of Constantinople was Byzantium, but it's also just because people like to separate them. And I think there's like a... There's like a nice sort of mythology to the fall of the Roman Empire, and it's like kind of creates a barrier, even though it's not really true. Anyway, mm. as I said, random aside, Maurice was one of their emperors, and he wrote this military manual, the Strategicon, and it completely reorganized the military from the classic Roman model. And included in this book is apparently a helpful tip on finding spies who are hiding in your camp. Okay. And I say apparently because I could only find this in the German Wikipedia version of this article, mm. not in the English language one. And, but you, and know, you say which, apparently because it may or may not, in fact, be helpful. You have not personally tried or may, I don't know, maybe you have. Have you tried this method? Maybe I have. Oh, well, you wouldn't be allowed well, to say it. Yeah. Well, let me tell you the strategy and then you can tell me. You can tell me if you think it's a good okay. strategy or not. All right. As, as my spy expert. Okay. So the strategy is that you sound a trumpet. Mm-hmm. And after that, all the people in the camp have to immediately go to their assigned bed. Okay. So spies at that point have two options. Either they try to stay in a tent where they don't have a bed. Oh, okay. So this isn't a spy that has, this isn't like a double agent who's like someone. No, this is someone who's in the this, camp who's not supposed to be This is just there. someone, it's actually really how to find an intruder. 
it sounds like. Well, yeah, I the word they used in German was spy, but yes, yeah. I suppose you're right. But so it, the word for spy in German, by the way, is spione. Mm. But uh, anyway, so they they either try to stay in the tent or they stay outside the tent. But in either case, they're immediately exposed as strangers. Right. Now, I don't know if you were a fan of the Asterix and Obelix book series as a kid. Uh, I, I saw I would see them. I didn't read them much, but I, I didn't wear them. I love those books. And in the first book, they need someone to go and spy on the Gauls. And they use this same technique to, to pick someone. Ah, okay. Yeah. Which is, uh, I don't know, I find that amusing. But so what? So let me ask, do you think that's a good technique for rooting out an intruding spy? Because I think the theory here is that if you have a big camp, right, full of people, it's like nobody knows everybody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it would be really easy for someone to sneak in and spy on you. But if everyone has to go to their bed, everyone knows where their bed is. Yeah. And assuming that everyone's accounted for... They did this in uh, then, Squid Game, I think, when it was like, oh, there's an intruder. Really? And, oh, not just, it's not much of a spoiler. But it's like, oh, it seems like there might be an intruder. And then I think they hit an alarm and everyone had to go to their bunk and they counted everyone. So and, now you know where that comes from. Yeah, well, that, I mean, yeah, that seems like a, a good way to find an intruder. I think that maybe uh, our friend Maurice was a little bit underrating uh, or under considering the likelihood that a spy is somebody who you think belongs but well, the double agent thing, I'm not sure if that was a thing at that time, mm-hmm. or at least they had yeah. they didn't realize it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in a in another random aside, the I mentioned that I found this only on the German Wikipedia page. Mm-hmm. And the reason that I only found this on the German Wikipedia page is that I actually started out researching a different fact. Okay. And I was trying to determine the origin of a term, which I know you're shocked. That, that's shocking. I can't. <laughs> and specifically what i was trying to figure out is do, can you guess what they call musical chairs in german it's it's not musical chairs oh i'm sure it's some delightful totally not nothing to do with that phrase it's definitely not musical chairs so they call it the trip to jerusalem okay i'm sure that has a story which is i find that oddly delightful and as i wanted to know where it came from but you know nobody knows so it wasn't that good of a wasn't that good of an adventure it's like a crusades kind of thing yeah, it's either the Crusades or some people think it had to do with the diaspora Jews immigrating back to Mandatory Palestine. Uh, it wasn't fun, hmm, but hmm. it led me to this delightful spy strategy. Hmm, okay, cool. Well, that's I mean, that's how often these journeys go. They they often start on one Wikipedia page. It's a Wikipedia hole. A Wikipedia hole that then leads to then bouncing out of Wikipedia to actually confirm if the thing is really true and back and forth. And well, that's do, true too. Do I, side research, ideally. I've been thinking about this. This is a bit of an aside. Or this is extremely aside. <laughs> oh, I was thinking great. recently about, <laughs> as if you never have an aside. <laughs> um, I was thinking recently about how um, our show calibrates the balance in between uh, something like CGP Gray's deeply researched, literally paying fact right. checkers yeah. to verify yes. every claim in the script before he records anything uh, to the other end of the scheme where it's like uh, radio DJs just literally saying stuff off the top of their head then with no notes at all. Um, and we're like, you know, somewhere in the mean, you know, some days we aspire to be closer to CGP Gray, but I think we're, certainly... we're usually closer to CGP Gray than those people. I think, but yes. you know, well, it depends on the, I mean, some radio DJs, actually are know what they're talking about but yeah it's pretty rare um, that's a good point every once in a while but i do aspire one day to, to hire a we get an intern they verify all our oh claims. yeah a fact checker yeah you I mean Very i think cool. generally our core facts with occasion a couple exceptions that we are informed by our audience but generally the core facts are correct <laughs> but often then we'll end up in some aside or some side thing about where i'm like oh i think this or whatever yeah asides are where we get in that's, trouble yeah Speaking of which, <laughs> random aside, mm. I, according to the English language Wikipedia for musical chairs, mm-hmm. they had a similar game in Wales. Okay. But instead it involved boys sitting in chairs and a slightly larger number of girls skipping around the boys okay. and then sitting on the boys' laps. Uh, all right. And when there was only one boy and two girls left, the winning girl would kiss the boy on the cheek. Oh, wow. Well. That, I mean, then that was that ended a little more sweetly than I was concerned it might. But yeah, me too. Yeah. But it's just like that's random. Yeah, and then yeah. it was called, it was, but it was called musical chairs. Still, I don't know what it was called in in Welsh. I feel like we're off track. <laughs> <laughs> we're off track, but I have a fact that can lead us back because it's okay. It's in one of our core categories of fact. But before I reveal which category, I have to give a little preamble, as I do. Arik, have you ever seen the phrase, price reduced at checkout? 
an online no, retail. I don't know. This is something you'll see sometimes on uh, e-commerce sites. You'll see an advertised price, but then there'll be a note that says price reduced to checkout. Um, and I've seen variations of this, and I've seen also other variations of schemes where it's like, or uh, you know, this is the this is the price of the thing, but at the uh, that happened also in physical retail sometimes that like oh at the um, at the register they'll reduce the price. Hmm. Um, and I've always found this mysterious, uh, and I looked into it, and I have a fun fact for you. Okay, fun fact. The reason that some sites will have a sale where the price is not actually the price, price reduced at checkout, uh, is because showing a lower price is against the contract that they have signed with the retailer for the minimum advertisable price. Wait, so hold on. So what, that's, so what you're saying is that they signed a contract. This is, like, this is like one of those things where like you have to put the name of the actor might even be dead on the cover of a poster mm-hmm. for a movie that they're releasing, but it has to be a certain height. Yes. So this is a rights issue. So basically they signed a deal saying they could only advertise a certain lowest of prices, but they could actually sell it for less than that. They just can't tell you. Yeah. And this, it's actually a scheme. Uh, it's called minimum advertised price and it goes across. Apparently most brands and most retailers have a contract where it says for any given item, there's the MSRP, which is the better known yeah, suggested the price. Suggested, the manufacturer's suggested retail price. But then there's a price lower than that that is the MAP, the minimum price that they're allowed to advertise. And the A must stand for something. Is it acceptable? Advertise. The minimum advertised uh, price. Minimum, you said that already. I'm <laughs> it's sorry. okay. Minimum advertised price. I wasn't in the mode of, of, of solving acronym puzzles when you said it the first time. Okay. Minimum advertised price. So that's the... So the MSRP is the price they're hoping to get. Mm-hmm. The MAP is the lowest price they're willing to get. Well, the MAP is the lowest price that the... They're willing to advertise. The, to yeah. Get. So the manufacturer will say, uh, we don't want any of you, so we're all going to sell this product. And, you know, I'm selling it to you wholesale for some super low price. It sounds like collusion, but okay. It's definitely... Is it a collusion? It's definitely a scheme. <laughs> It's definitely a scheme. Right? I don't so think we're all any... going to agree not to advertise it for any less than this amount, okay? And we'll be watching. Um, and so, yeah, right. it doesn't, like you say, it doesn't restrict the price that they can sell it for. So if they have extra stock and they suddenly have way too much of something, they can do put it on clearance and they can get it out for whatever price they can sell it for $1 if they need to. But when they're doing that, they, because they, they, you know, t- typically they buy the stuff and then resell it, right? Yes. So they're not like they still had to pay whatever wholesale price they paid. Yes, and it's it's fairly unusual for a retailer to sell something less than wholesale, but something happens. Like you know, if they have extra stock and it's not moving, and like Walmart will just uh, mark things down. I'm sure if you've been to Walmart, you'll see some of these clearance items where it's like something, and you can tell why no one cares about it. It's like a video game for that was terrible and poorly reviewed for <laughs> something that's like off fad, right, or something like that. Yeah, um, and. So you see the stickers, and each month they put on a lower and lower sticker. So it was like you know sixty nine ninety nine, and then the sticker says clearance fifty nine ninety nine, clearance forty nine ninety nine, clearance twenty nine ninety nine, clearance nineteen ninety nine, clearance nine dollars, <laughs> clearance four dollars. Right? And they're like, get it out. They will keep reducing the price. Um, and, and but what they can't do is they can't put that in their flyer. They can't put that on the website even because the website, mm. if the, the product page in most cases in most of the contracts, can is count as a form of advertisement someone can google for okay i want to buy this thing or whatever and this price comes up and then it it undermines the brand value idea of whatever that product is i would say they already undermined it by making a crappy video game no one wants to well, play i hear what you're saying <laughs> and that's the video game actually you know i know that there are a few exceptions where you might be able to just clear out stock and i'm not sure for, for sure whether or not a video game is, is one of those um but it's quite common so you'll see this scheme particularly causes problems in like high-end specialty items so like uh high-end guitar pedals and uh bike parts for fancy bikes and things like that hmm. and they often have these really huge markups um because they're so specialty and they're trying to be elite versions of whatever right. and so a pedal i might wholesale for making up round numbers right maybe the pedal wholesales for a hundred dollars has msrp of four hundred dollars and a minimum advertised price of three hundred dollars right but even at three hundred dollars that's a huge profit margin for this part and so the store might be happy to sell it for 200 or less maybe it's you know at 200 it's still a, like they're doubling their money if they actually sell it but 
you go to the website, you check and you say it's three hundred dollars. Like three hundred dollars, and you're not going to bother with this thing because that's the minimum advertised price. So it sits in inventory, or maybe uh, like I, I actually came across this. Um, like I was reminded of this thing, and there was some thread I was reading. People were trying to figure out how to buy a bike part and why is it so ridiculously expensive. And someone was like, "Oh, you could just go to the store and they'll like, give it to you for cheaper than it says." Uh, well, so let me ask you this: What if you are a online only retailer? Um, so if you're an online only retailer, then you can do what Amazon does. There's a few ways around it, uh, and there's a couple examples which I'll give. So what Amazon does, um, and you can see this sometimes. I mean, also Amazon is sometimes they'll just have other <laughs> they don't care they don't care and they're like oh what it's not us it's some f- you know other person selling this we're not we're just running the website um so they do that's a lot right. of that that's right. like oh i don't know what it was a counterfeit gucci bag like i don't know we just they, this is what they gave us um go after them um <laughs> so they do that um but i've seen a few times uh items where i'm going to buy a thing i saw there's a whole bunch for diapers when we were first buying diapers on on amazon is that you go in and there would be the item and then there would be a checkbox which would say apply coupon and you're like, oh, well, why are you coupon? And check in, it's like, oh, now it's $3 cheaper. It's like, why don't you just automate Because they can offer you a coupon. They cannot, once you interact with it, it's fair game. Then it's not advertising. They just can't, that's not advertising. Right. And another example of that comes from some of these retailers, like where their whole shtick is like buying, uh, like remaindered or clearance stuff from other mm. brands, um, like, uh, like, clothes and stuff like that like have you ever seen like marshall's tj maxx winners mm-hmm, these mm-hmm. home sense in canada i have of course and so yes. these companies are buying this stuff um from armani or whatever it is um and then they are selling at a lower price but you'll notice that they don't advertise like if you go on the marshall's website in the states um like generally they're not advertising individual items if you go on the website um you to actually see the brand names of the items that are for sale, you, there's a button that says show brand and it like reveals <laughs> the brand and then it hides it again. So you've like interacted with it. This is, is this also why sometimes on Amazon it will say, you know, you have to add it to your cart in order to see the price? Yes. 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 That's exactly that. That's why. Ah, yes. Okay. So when that's happening, I know I'm getting a good deal. Well, I mean, there's lots of <laughs> schemes on Amazon too of like, you know, things from some. No, Alan, it means I'm getting a good deal. Some computer algorithm. It's like calculating. Well, if we charge this exorbitant amount, we can somehow fulfill it. I don't know why you're denying me from my deal. Country. Um, yeah. So, and, and then for these discount brands like Marshalls and stuff like that in Canada, they don't even have online. There isn't even... So like during COVID, they're just like totally boned because they didn't even have online shopping because of this these restrictions. So, um, oh, interesting. Yeah, minimum advertised price. It's a whole thing, and then that also sets us up for a, a side scheme, like a related scheme. Okay, which is if you ever seen in a store, if you see a lower price advertised anywhere else, yeah, we'll match it. Well, surprise, it won't be advertised lower anywhere. It can't. Else. Oh, dang. <laughs> Because it's already the minimum wow. price, or it's like even if it will be, even if you're not pricing it at the minimum price, you know that there's a floor, right? No one's going to advertise it for one dollar, and you're suddenly because I never, I never, you know, you see that at like I forget where I would see that, but like but Best I, Buy has Best that, Buy, yeah. yeah, and I would always be like, I'm not going to do that because the amount of effort it would take, like I don't want to, ha- I, mean, I don't want to argue with them, well, and like all this stuff, and I feel like. Yeah, that now I know that actually it wasn't even a thing. Yeah, anyway. well, and it's not to say that it never is a thing. Like, it's not that everybody sells everything for minimum advertised price all the time, and maybe someone else does, and so there is a potential gap there. But it's never going to be some no. huge dramatic gap because you know you you have that floor, and there, you've also kind of hit accidentally on a huge a huge part of how retail works and a huge amount of how sales works is that you have you're basically looking for ways to do price discrimination where you charge more money uh, and like capitalism is basically doing this how do you charge more money to the people who are willing to pay more money and less money to the people who will go to a lot of effort um and so you'd rather might as well take 
their money, but you don't want to charge less money to everyone, right? Like if you could, if you had to charge everybody right. all the exact same price, no matter what, then you have this really difficult game of like, whatever you do, you're leaving a whole bunch of money on the table because the people who would be willing, like, I don't know, $500 if you say so, then they'll just pay whatever and they'll just trust the system. And then the person who's like really going to go out and seek the lowest price, then you won't get their sale at all. And so you're, you're losing on both sides. And so a lot of the way that you're strategizing if you're a retailer you're selling something is like how or really this goes in for into any kind of sales if you have any sort of strategic ability to you're not just a salesperson who's been sent out and you just don't have any choice at all of what you're doing what you want to try and do is you want to have ways that the people who are willing to pay more can just kind of conveniently pay some default price but then also ways that people who are willing to do things like cut coupons or go around and look at all the competitors prices or wait until black friday or mm. explore around in the bin of a whole bunch of mismatch items that don't <laughs> aren't even ordered by what size they are or color or anything and they find bargains or whatever right the people who are willing to do that are going to are still be able to buy things from you because um, you you make their life a little bit more difficult, but in, in exchange they get better prices. And then, but because it makes their life a bit more difficult to do those things, or like the things that cut out this thing and and send in a rebate, mail in rebate is like a huge thing, right? Right. I which I which I have done. You have done real mail in rebates. I have. And I but have like in that experience, you're like, oh, I'm glad I did that, or you're like, you know what, never again. I'm not going to bother. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't done it in a long, long time, but it was definitely in an era where you know. That was the only way I was getting the thing. But yeah, it was always such a hassle. Right. Yes, exactly. So when you are at the point where you're like, I am a highly price discriminating buyer, I'm going to go to those extra hoops yeah. and then get the thing. And then the commerce still occurs. Uh, but now that you're not, and you're like, ah, rebate, eh, right? <laughs> and so you effectively pay yeah, more. Totally. And, yeah. and so that allows them to have basically different prices for different people. Oh, man, they're playing me perfectly, Alan. Perfectly. Well, they're playing the whole capitalism man um yeah that's how it works but uh and of course it's way better way way better way worse now with uh things like uh travel websites where they like detect based on like the minute of the day and your ip address or whatever or your cookie cache of being like oh now this flight is like twenty twelve hundred dollars or now it's four hundred dollars you have to open a new browser after you do all your research and then go and do the same search and hope that they don't connect the two yeah it's it's yeah, but it's even worse than that because there's a whole bunch of stuff where it's like even if you did another search or whatever, they figured out that depending on the time of day, like people who search at certain times of day and people who, who search. Oh, so I need to know when people who will not pay more money do their searching. Yes. When people who are like, for example, if somebody has the freedom and I'm just making this up as an example that may or may it just I'm sure their AI models tell them. But like you can imagine that someone who has the freedom to do a search during work hours maybe is maybe has more disposable income than somebody who is not at a computer during work hours for that's example. so interesting maybe. i don't know that's it may, may or may not hold but like whatever holds yeah. they know <laughs> they definitely yeah and know. so there's these and then also the time of week or how like uh, people business travelers will book like just a few days before because they're like oh i suddenly need to go into things so the prices go way up uh and all sorts of stuff like that so but they don't care because they're not paying for it yeah exactly so they're doing whatever wow so it's like schemes on schemes yeah, but I, I find yeah, that kind yeah. of fascinating. It's a scheme, it's an endless scheme, mind. Yeah, if you understand that stuff, it can help you. Yeah, if you're if you're willing to put in a little bit extra effort, which you may not, maybe which I may not be. <laughs> you just may be the low effort consumer now. Um, but that's how you end up. <laughs> I don't know. In 2021, I might be the lowest. <laughs> that's how you end up with these uh, Black Friday deals where it's like you're looking for a certain item. And then on Black Friday, every retailer has the same way lower price, like some last year's TV model or something like that. It's normally $1,000. Right. And suddenly it's and that's like the MAP. $699 at every retailer. Yeah, because it's they well, they have a special they'll have special MAPs for Black Friday MAPs or spring sale MAPs or whatever. Uh, Oh, yeah, that's so I may have gone way over for more than anyone cares about this. No, that's cool. I find it fascinating. Fun fact. The term vamp has at least two modern meanings and both have unexpected origins. Okay. Yeah. Back on etymology Etymology corner. Corner. Did we did we ever really leave it? Scheme corner and etymology corner, I think might be if if this show only had two corners, which it doesn't. I mean, this show has like dozens those are the, of corners. Those are the pillars. Those are, if if corners could hold up 
if corners were pillars, if, um, <laughs> pillars were <laughs> two, two, and pillars two were baseballs, of a, two pillars and, of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so let me let me are are you, you you like ATP, the Accidental Tech Podcast? Of course, yeah, yeah. As all mm-hmm. smart, good thinking people mm-hmm. do. Do you are you a bootleg listener? No, I'm just a boring. I have the feed. Although there's now they have like an ad free feed, I might I might go around. Yeah, you should get the membership. You should definitely. I, get I feel the like membership. I have a bit of a bad habit of of procrastinating when it's like I'm listening to a podcast, which of course I'm never at a computer yeah. when I'm doing. And they're like, you should do something and then make the feed better by like having a different way of. I I'm then now like oh yeah, you just forget by the time you're at a computer. I should again. do a thing to make that go to the different feed or change the whatever. Just do it on your phone. Yeah, but I'm in the middle of doing something. I'm wrong. anyway. Like walk. Yeah. Well, anyway, so the bootleg. I, I'm a bootleg listener for a variety of reasons, but for people who don't listen to APTP or, or podcasts that have this, the bootleg is like the pre-edit version of the show. Yeah, they 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 record their like you know when when Alan and I call each other, we record this on Skype or, or we we could. Uh, no, we do. What am I saying? When Alan and I call each other, we record this show, you know, we record the unedited call and then we edit it to make you a podcast. This is the, uh, this is that. Yeah, we talk for like a, an hour about like kids not sleeping and a whole bunch of unrelated stuff that you don't care about. Yeah. That you don't care about. And then but if we, you subscribe to our <laughs> totally existing if Patreon. If you subscribe to our Patreon, you can get the full yeah, fact. Yeah, the full fact. The f- after the fact, fact delicious. It, we had yeah, a name for it's it. It's all facts. But it. After the fact has a name, but the I think the the name for the bootleg would be the yeah full the full fact. fact. No? Okay, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, anyway, on the bootleg version of episode four fifty eight of ATP, which again you should listen to. It's <laughs> mm-hmm. a wonderful show. They asked where the term vamp okay. comes from. This did not make. I checked. This did not make the actual. But show. you're like, this is a really important question. I need to find. But the answer. I want. I couldn't resist. I was like, I, I need mm-hmm. to know now. Now, of course, I was worried this would be a wheel situation again. You remember that one? Mm, re- refresh my memory. Which also came from ATP. Oh, right. It was like, the question was like, why on Unix is there a wheel group? And then you're like, fun fact, no one really knows. And here's a whole bunch of theories, but it's unclear. That's right. Yeah. Which which I enjoyed and you didn't enjoy as much. <laughs> I just like but- <laughs> there to be some conclusion. Right. So in this case, for you, Alan, I have concrete information. Yes. Yeah. So the the way that they were using vamp on ATP, which you didn't hear because you don't listen to the bootleg, was to fill or stall for time. Like vamp a little. We, we're not ready. Yeah, I've heard Casey say that on the show. Right, right. Okay, great. And apparently this is in the, the ether right now because of an episode of Succession. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And they mentioned it on that show. I've been so, meaning to start that. I, yeah, I haven't watched it either. But the, So it actually has a long and at least to me fascinating history this this term it vamp. makes me think of like a mm, what's the it makes me think of like old-timey vaudeville, vaudeville. yeah it makes me think of makes vaudeville think of. yeah nope nope so the 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 modern term actually comes from music okay so a vamp is a repeating musical figure section or accompaniment okay so like when you're giving your Oscar speech, the thing that's playing in in blues jazz or soul or gospel certain genres of music okay Apparently, vamp till ready was mm. a quite common term on sheet music for popular songs in the 30s and 40s. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what it meant was that the accompanist should repeat the phrase until the vocalist seemed ready to sing. Right. And you see that in like live, imagine like a, a live show in the 30s in a movie or whatever. And they're, they're just kind yeah, of like be playing vibing with the audience, the waiting until they're looking and, then, and tip their hat. And yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. They're t- tilting. Okay, yeah. yeah. So vamps are generally symmetrical, self-contained, and, and open to variation. Sure. It's basically the blues, jazz, soul version of what you would call a loop in hip-hop or a riff in rock sure, music. yeah. And this usage of riffing until something is ready, like before a speech or on a podcast, it comes from this sense of the word. All right. Okay. That makes sense. I like that. But where But where did music get the term mm, from? Well, clearly from vampires. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned okay. that, but <laughs> no. <laughs> But it is, you'll see why later. It's okay. funny you mentioned that. So, like so many things, of course, it comes from Middle English. Mm-hmm. And specifically the period where English was borrowing words from and ideas from French. We've talked they about this over that. a bunch on the show in the past. Yeah. So, the Middle English word was vamp with an E. I don't know if it was pronounced vampé or vampy mm-hmm. or what. And it comes from an old French word, avant-pied, which means in front plus foot. And it literally meant a covering for the foot 
like the upper part of a boot or shoe. Okay. And believe it or not, and I did not know this, and maybe you knew this, that's still the word for that part of a shoe today. Ah, okay. So so the vamp is the front part of the shoe, which starts behind the toe and extends around the eyelets and the tongue towards the back of the shoe. So is that, like, that's what the French word meant. Is that what the Middle English word meant? No, that's what the Middle English word meant. Oh, okay. It was that part of the shoe. Yeah, it's that part of the shoe. And from that, that, that term, for that part of the shoe, we got a new term, which originally was new vamp, but later became revamp. Oh, okay. Which initially literally meant to replace the upper front part of your shoe. Ah, okay. Revamp and make the upper front part new again. And then revamp now just means make new again. And it could, whether it's a shoe or not. Yeah, to giving something old a new appearance, like a patch. And from there to improvise or refurbish. Okay, okay. And that sense of improvisation and refurbishment is where the music term came Ah. from. and. Therefore, the term used in a recent episode of Black Comedy Succession and then by our friend Casey Liss on ATP originally comes from a Middle English slash French part of a shoe. Right. Okay. And that, I, that's not where I thought that was going because I was thinking like the front part of your shoe, like you're kind of like up on your the balls of your feet, like ready to go. Is that what? Oh, happening? yeah. That makes but sense. No, like that's a, that's what happened. That's no. why we have someone actually look up the etymology as opposed <laughs> to me just be like, oh, it's probably that. That's right. Yeah. But so there is another meaning of vamp, though. And I don't know if you've ever heard this other way of meaning vamp i have but i don't know how common it is and this is sort of like it's i don't think it's a particularly nice word it, mm. it's sort of a overly flirtatious or seductive woman uh, okay yeah i have heard this phrase yeah, yeah so it's, it's like a woman who theoretically supposedly exploits men mm. with her sexual desire sure right she's such a vamp it's like i said i don't think it's a nice i don't think you, anyone should use this term kind okay, of dated right but that term actually does come from a shortening of the word vampire oh okay so it's totally unrelated or i don't know are we getting into the etymology no, no, of vampire now we are we no but we okay. are getting into the etymology of vamp from vampire right which it it originated with a specific woman which i think is quite interesting mm. like that's not i don't know how often that's the case mm. there, a, a woman named yeah yeah who knows a woman named beatrice rose stella tanner aka mrs patrick campbell which i think it's really weird first of all that like that used to be how all women were referred to. Like mm-hmm. her Wikipedia page. I mean, not not weird. It's sexist garbage. But the the, the Wikipedia page for this woman is Mrs. Patrick Campbell, <laughs> which is like <laughs> really really messed up. Especially because she was the lover of a painter named Philip Byrne Jones, mm. and he used her as the subject for an 1897 painting of his called The Vampire. Oh, interesting. And then- and that that painting inspired his cousin someone you may have heard of a a man named rudyard kipling (laughs) okay Uh, i think you've heard of him Mm -hmm. to write a poem which was called the vampire Mm -hmm. and came out the same year dracula was published oh so that's kind of part of the the it's part of the vampire craze shall we say the poem begins a fool there was which then inspired playwright porter emerson brown to write a play called a fool there was hmm which became a Broadway production in 1909, which led to a film version in 1915, okay. which was also called A Fool There Was. Okay. And that film <laughs> starred the early Hollywood sensation Theta Barra as The Vamp. And it's this film that popularized the term. Oh, okay. Very, by many chained effect. We've got like a Tiffany situation going that's, on. That's right. The f- That's what I love about this story. The film, but by the way, apparently was also considered controversial for its risque intertitle cards. Ooh. Examples <laughs> listed were, kiss me, my fool. Ooh. Yeah. We'll have to censor that on the show, obviously. We yeah, can I get mean, it we'll, on the bootleg. But we'll the... beeping that. But yeah, if you're listening to Full Fact, you heard what I said. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> so, so there you go. Either a modern black comedy leading back to the old French word for the front of a shoe, or a film... Based on a play, based on a poem, based on a painting, based on a woman. I think etymology is very fun. That's that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> where can we go from here? I don't know. That's a, place, ri- it's a ridiculous chain. You yeah. go to a couple follow-ups. Follow-up? Follow-up? Follow-up. Do we have like a sound effect for that? We should have a sound effect for that. I don't know. What does follow-up sound like? Yeah. Um, like like everyone stopping listening to the podcast. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Can we have like a click sound? <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> okay, so without further ado, yeah. uh, just a couple of short things that uh, we mentioned recently that, that uh, stopped being true. So I figured I would be like, hey, these were facts. Oh, so not stopped anymore. being true. Former yeah. facts. Yeah, former this facts. Is former fact Got corner. Short former facts. Okay. Uh, one former fact was I, I was talking about Lil Nas X and how he'd had a song, Industry Baby, where he talked about uh, making those number ones as if it was nothing. And then I was lamenting that it didn't hit number one. It only hit number two. Well, after some time. Oh, it, did it hit number one? It hit number one. Yeah. Said, no. Good job, Lil Nas X. He's checked off to another. Um, so that brings yeah. me joy. And then the other. Um, fact that is no longer a fact the other former fact is that we talked about the canadian tesla scheme where the model three in canada oh had yeah the scheme where they would supposedly have a forty five thousand dollar version so they could sell the fifty five thousand dollar version with a eight thousand dollar government credit but the forty five thousand dollar one was like hidden and no one would buy it and it was made mostly useless by its range limiting and all these sort of things yeah and so i thought that that would become a former fact by the canadian government saying, no, you're abusing this, your scheme must come to an end. But in fact, Tesla put it to an end. They can't uh, apparently make enough Teslas to fulfill demand, and so they've just skyrocketed all the prices on their cars, and so they don't even qualify for it anymore. So now, if you want a Tesla in Canada, it costs like uh, $70,000, and uh, that's just the way it is. And uh, if you think that's too expensive, you can just like buy something cheaper, like a Porsche McCann or something. <laughs> yeah, so those of you who don't know, who don't follow along with this, ev nonsense tesla has been raising their prices repeatedly for months they just like and they go up by like 500 a thousand fifteen hundred dollars just overnight and they've they've raised them by it's actually quite a lot of money at this point that the prices have all gone up and they they don't they haven't said why they're doing this but yes i think well, it's we, obvious <laughs> i think we all agree that it's because a combination i think of supply chain shortages and the fact that cars in general are just very expensive right now well i mean like Regardless of the cause of, you know, whatever mix of demand and supply, when you are trying to sell something like that, where the delivery timing is like, if you order it today, then it's not going to come for an entire year, then you might like, there's obviously so much more demand than there's supply, you might as well increase prices like, like, if you were in a complete extreme capitalist like there's there's brand consequences doing this so they don't but like you could just auction them off and they would be going for like tens of thousands of dollars each more because the highest paying person who would be like i'll pay to get it now and they don't do that for for sort of brand equity reasons um but they're doing that same like price discrimination thing where it's like okay well the person who wants to get this thing the most will should be the ones that are getting it and if our lead times are getting to be a year or more or really even six months at that point then it's like might as well increase the prices so that we find a new equilibrium and then when we're able to have a better supply demand imbalance then we can reduce the prices and hopefully people don't hate us so much that they won't buy our cars anymore yeah the other thing they did was that they gave ultimatums to people who were not yes like you can order a tesla and then eventually they'll be like it's ready and then you can be like i'm not ready to pick it up and they they like threaten those people with losing their like cars either get your car or get off the pot get off the pot and then they if they don't then they would have to reorder it and then they would have to wait another year and it would cost quite a lot more money yeah so yeah i would so we preface this session by uh you know no who, who wants to hear follow-up well you know what people want to hear less than follow-up follow up and then uh sidebar into ev (laughs) (laughs) so thanks you think thanks for both people who are still with us we love you this is gonna shock you but i'm very tired uh what 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 i feel like the people need to know well the people are not quite as familiar with you being tired as as i am because i added out maybe 10 T- 10 times of you saying you're tired for every time that you <laughs> say it at the beginning of the show. No, that's, that is, I need you to know in the audience that is very true. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, I have some, it's tiring thing being an, you know, an adult in this world and having kids and all the yeah. things that goes into that. Yeah. Uh, I get yeah. that. I get the tiredness, yeah. but, but yeah. we'll, we'll get, we'll get we'll the get energy up. We'll get there. Yeah. I we'll get there. That's We're going to make it, we'll make it happen. Absolutely. Some espressos. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Facts. Facts are like my espresso at this point. Facts are my espresso. Yeah, I'm going to get that on a bumper sticker. Roaring. They get you stoked. They do. (laughs) They do. I don't know if espresso does that, but uh, yes. Espresso doesn't get you stoked? I love coffee and drink multiple coffees. I drink two coffees a day. Uh 
but I don't know if it, it gets me stoked. You gotta have more then. I might no. The last time I had more, I thought I was gonna die. So yeah, right. That happens. Yeah, I think I mentioned so. before my friend that had a, a exam or something, and so he ordered a tall espresso from Starbucks, and they're like, okay, they just filled up a cup with espresso, and it cost like twenty bucks. Oh my god! And yeah, he did not feel very well later that day, but that is a terrible idea. Got through his shift or his exam or whatever it was. Yeah, or whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Whoa, it makes me think of this time awful. I had an ex- I had an exam and I'd done an all nighter studying for mm. whatever as I never a good idea used to way. do. Well, it was yeah, it was not great. Um, it, some decisions were made, and that's mm. where I was. Um, and so I had a second. Well, it's like a Red Bull, but it was called Full Throttle. I don't think it exists oh, anymore. Oh yeah, kind of like a five hour energy, or was it more of an actual energy drink? It was like a big ass energy drink. Just yeah. like lots of taurine or whatever, who knows what things hadn't been banned yet, because this is <laughs> right. years ago now. And I got into the exam and it was like, okay, and go. And I realized I was like having heart heart palpitations mm. and uh, I had to, I couldn't start. I had to calm down. <laughs> so I'm sitting there, rushed all this to learn all this information and everyone else is writing and I'm, in retrospect, it was like I felt like I my I had grown in I don't know I had grown two sizes in character when I was able to realize, acknowledge, and then put into action that the best way for me to start the exam was to just like breathe and center myself for like five or ten minutes before I started, and that helped a lot. But yeah. I, I started trying to write, and it was just like I can't brain what uh, what panic. <laughs> uh, yeah, so a couple things. Number one. Full Throttle still exists. It was mm. produced by the Coca-Cola company probably when you yeah. enjoyed it, but it is now owned Enjoy. by Mon- Monster Energy. Oh, sure. Yeah. And secondly, uh, I this actually came up the other day, the day that I thought I was going to die, because I what I felt like after that third coffee was um, back in college, I, I went to college in a, a very rural part of Ohio. And I was dating someone whose family lived in Atlanta, like around Atlanta, Georgia. Hmm. And my parents at that time lived in St. Louis. So the, in within six to 10 hours in both directions from me were places I needed to go somewhat regularly mm-hmm. and said girlfriend didn't drive. So right. all of the driving was me. So I would take this um, <laughs> then legal ephedrine okay. that you could buy Not pseudephedrine just straight up ephedrine no spa- straight up ephedrine that you would buy like they called it trucker speed okay that's what I it said on the, the box <laughs> no i forget the brand it it was something about bumblebees i actually still have the bottle because i think it's funny it's a but, story yeah exactly but i i mean it was horrible it would it would keep you awake like you wouldn't be able to sleep but you would wouldn't feel any less tired so mm. it was just like awful it was just an awful way to be very focused on driving but you know it is now very illegal and i think for the best yeah um this is i I didn't realize it was available like so recently well i mean this was what 20 years ago i'm old yeah i guess oh yeah apparently it was only 2002 that it's it was like being sold i guess or i think it was like on label usage for congestion and then it's like we're not sure if it actually helps with congestion mm, i believe the brand i was taking was called yellow jackets well then apparently also it's a lot of why it's been removed from the market is that you can then make worse stuff out of it which is so yeah it, for sure it's already i mean you know truckers need things i would the <laughs> long after that <laughs> long after that went out of uh out of business i we would have the five hour energies did you ever yeah, sure I mean, I've seen energy. those. I assume it's just like the maximum legally amount of caffeine in a little bottle. No, I don't think so. Really? No, I don't. Well, now I'm curious, but like that, they were, they didn't, they didn't feel like caffeine. Apparently, they are vitamin B6, folic acid, vitamin B12, sodium, taurine, glucuronolactone, malic acid, <laughs> and N-acetyl L-tyrosine, L-phenylalanine, and some caffeine. All right, but. Uh, I don't think the caffeine, I don't know what I know about the, okay, let's see, hold on 103 milligrams of caffeine in half a bottle. Okay. 
So, so, so it's like that's actually a lot of yeah. All right. uh, <laughs> But at any rate, one of them worked really, really well. Oh, sure. I mean, had to imagine. But so. if you found yourself taking a second one, mm-hmm. you really just needed to go to bed because by that point, like the second one was not going to make you feel good. It was it was not going to keep you going. It was just going to make you feel terrible and still be very tired. Yeah. So. And just incompetent, yeah. probably. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, fun trip down uh recreational <laughs> <Over> drug lane <laughs> i guess they are i mean caffeine's recreational yeah i mean i i'm good with my two cups of coffee these days and i i typically do one hot cup and one cold cup i mix it up i'm really into the uh for the cold cup right now i'm really into the cometeer packet uh freeze stuff that oh, night, yeah. night that they mentioned on all consuming mm-hmm. that stuff is great yeah, I've been. I was a very, uh, I was a two coffee person, and then often would end up when things were busy. I would end up becoming a three coffee person. That's when things would be no good. That's, yeah, that's no good. That's the slide. And you know, they have this thing nowadays, especially in like the last couple of years, called anxiety. It's like this new thing they oh, have. Oh yeah, I've, I I had it before. Yeah, <laughs> I I was an OG, but yeah. <laughs> And so I'm down to the to the one. Yeah, I, I don't. I think I did the two, but I just didn't have the label on it. But then I'm like typing things into google like feelings and then it's like oh, i'm pretty mm. sure the thing you know that really well-known <laughs> thing that you've just never put yeah. that on those feelings i'm like oh yeah just the like i'm just ceaselessly agitated uh, for no good reason and things like this it's like oh yeah okay cool that does sound like that when my when my wife and i first started dating she was also a coffee drinker oh, but yeah. then she she got like like kind of like heart palpitation type stuff mm. on any coffee at some mm-hmm. point so she just she stopped which i think she hasn't had any coffee in many years now yeah, just do the one in the morning. Get me rolling. Yeah, you got the one in the morning is key. Oh I yeah, feel. you got to have. But that. I like. I have a theory, which is I don't want to actually know that it's not true. I just I just want to claim that it's true because it makes me feel yeah. better. That I'm one yeah. of those people that have like the 25 hour clock. You heard of this, mm, right? Mm-mm. You you know you haven't heard of this. There's like no. this. There's a certain percentage of the population where instead of their natural rhythm of the day being 24 hours, so that like you go to bed, wake up, and you have your circadian rhythms, that some people have the 25 hour or roughly just like not quite lining up with the cycle of day and night on earth and so it's just miscalibrated and so you end up every day being a little bit tired in the morning because you really naturally would sleep a bit longer regardless of how much you sleep i think that's called kids but 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 (laughs) i I was like that way before although (laughs) no me too i i I, my natural rhythm is is also not the rhythm of the that my life needs me to have yeah but supposedly uh, if you go and you have a um if you go and put some certain people who actually have this and i'm just claiming i don't know i don't know if i actually do but apparently if you put certain people um who have this in an experiment where they have artificial lighting conditions in like a Mm. a presumably undergrads in a (laughs) lab somewhere right uh (laughs) and then you give them a timing where it's like 24 and a half hours or 25 hours or whatever lines up with their actual rhythm then they will fall they will feel good and they'll be like oh wow actually like uh, things line up and getting going to bed and waking up is easier for them um for this present and presumably there's also people who are off in the other way that the the night the well, i would love to to try that. this study but uh i feel like mostly, other things mostly do, just but, for the sleep yeah i don't well yeah i mean if we could just completely uh second second ourselves into a an undergrad uh, i think you and i need to do it for lab. facts i think that we got to do it for the facts I mean, it's it clearly it's for the show. Well, let's get on. Let's get yeah, on. Yeah, not for the like getting getting an escape from the the day to day of <laughs> kids waking up at seven in the morning. No, definitely not. I I, I can't complain about kids waking me up at seven in the morning because I know that that's pretty lucky that like a lot of people get earlier than that. Yeah, like, my I'm, son wakes up at uh, between four thirty mm, and six. Mm, mm, no, no, those aren't real times. That doesn't. Those yeah, times don't I'm exist. one of those people. You can you can go straight to. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what? seven o'clock is pretty good. I mean, it, I past me would be horrified with that. But. Yeah, yeah, no, seven o'clock would be a dream. Seven thirty would be the, I think, ideal. But seven is incredible. But no, I we it's a, mm. six is like mm. when he sleeps till six or later. We're like, yeah, that was a win. <laughs> so uh, and hence yeah. you are tired. <laughs> that's why I'm tired. Yeah, that's uh, that's part of why I'm tired. Yeah, yeah, we'll just put it in the metadata for the show. Just hard coded in there. So <laughs> Oh, and Arik was tired. I won't even be on. Like it'll be the episode. Well, this will actually be true. But the episode that you do while I'm on my my paternity leave episode, that it should be in there anyway. Even though I'm not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I will actually be tired. tired. So, yeah, pretty sure I'm going to be tired. 
do you do the two of you want to hear about mcdonald's grilled cheese oh actually i have a i didn't even note it but i have a forward fact on that you tell me about grilled cheese and then i have a mcdonald's grilled cheese. well so so listener jenny wrote in to tell us that uh that they were a mcdonald's employee and that grilled cheese was actually the middle bun of the big mac burger ah that makes sense it's with some cheese between Mm -hmm. and microwaved Ah. and they were a happy meal option but if you ask you could get them by themselves right ah that's interesting so that thank you jenny the uh grilled cheese related um former fact or i don't know what correction follow-up on that that i found was that uh i was ordering the uh mcdonald's cheeseburger with no meat uh for my daughter who prefers hmm. that um and the i guess she's so smart more of a veteran uh mcdonald's employee was ringing us in at this time and apparently there's a button in the system at least in, in canadian mcdonald's for being able to say cheeseburger no patty and it rang up as being like half the price nice as being as cheese but normally what they do is they say cheeseburger and they say remove no, patty yeah remove patty and then add lettuce is... and tomato right but wow. there's a button somewhere in the system for cheeseburger no patty as an item and then it was like half the price. This is where I wish you could tip people. Yeah, because I feel like she earned, like I would pay her more than that price difference just for right. knowing. Because now just I for can knowing say, that. hey, can I get, if maybe if I had said cheeseburger, no patty, but because instead what I say is like, can I get a cheeseburger? And then cheeseburger comes up. And I'm like, okay, add lettuce, tomato, and take off the pickles and the patty. And then they're just kind of going through this, you yeah. know, whereas if I say cheeseburger, no patty, I'm going to try that. You should try that. I also want to mention that uh, I don't know how many people there are in the world who feel really strongly about putting the year first on their dates, but they all seem to listen to our show. <laughs> I feel like so. I feel like we've got m- a variety of feedback on dates, and I don't think it all agreed. Like there was a lot of people saying, "Like yes, here is my opinion. I also have opinion about dates, and this is how it should yeah. be." And I feel like there's year first on dates, but then there was also other things in there it was it was uh yeah but there we appreciate you all out there we appreciate you all and uh in case anyone had not uh realized this for every imaginable date format there are proponents of it and that's how we are absolutely in this wild situation you know as ridiculous as some of these formats are if someone could do a, a thanos snap and just make it so we all use the same format. Even if it was a really dumb format, I'd be like, that would be that would be better than the current situation. Uh, there are some dumb formats that it would not be better. But I like I like I like where you're. I mean, like I could think of a purposely bad format. Where yeah, exactly. Like, right, but like, like any format. The first two year of the year, and then the month, and then the, and then next the first two letter of the, the month, yeah, and, and then, then the, the <laughs> last digit of the year. That's right. Um, no, but like like it's really consistent. It wouldn't matter, right? Like you would always know. I guess that's true. You would learn it and it would be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, isn't what is life if not? You'll learn it and it'll be fine. That's that's, (laughs) that's a little too real. That's that's too (laughs) Too much. Too much. It's too late. Uh, Okay.